Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me is Andrew Stallings, founder of the Othello Group. Andrew, great to have you on the show. Rob, what's going on, man? It's been a while. Really excited to catch up. I am really excited because you and I realized it had been two years since we initially connected and what we wanted to do on today's conversation is talk about trends in forward thinking strategies in the world of marketing, entrepreneurship, and sports. And one thing that you asked me that I wanted to say for the show was, hey, Rob, what are your thoughts on NFTs? Where are you at with that? So I figured the first thing that we can do is talk about NFTs because it is something that is out there in the market. It's getting a ton of visibility. A lot of people don't understand it. And we want to help inform and educate you about it, let you know what we're thinking about it, even though that doesn't mean we're experts at this. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's kind of what I always say is the tickle me Elmo or the Pokemon craze, right? Like it is, it is the it thing right now. And it's overtaken in a lot of ways what the sports card industry was, you know, what was coming back to be and still is in some facets, but it's, it's the evolutionary more Gen Z model of what sports cards is right now. Um, everyone wants to take the nostalgia play and make it more modern. And that's what NFTs are in my mind. Um, I have so many industry connections and friends, and I've even tasked my colleagues to do a lot of research on it, to, to educate our clients, to educate the athletes that we work with and see, is there a piece of business? Is there a piece of the pie that they can be going after to, to kind of position their own brand and evolve it? I'll be very honest with you. I, I think that there is great value in very hyper niche areas of this business. But let it be known, I am also not the guy that I'm super into cryptocurrency. I'm not the guy that's very much into the, the granular details of kind of uh, black market e-commerce, if you will. So NFTs for me, while I see the value at a super micro level, I just haven't fully gained the momentum and swing to say, oh my gosh, we all need to be going all in on NFTs. It is the move right now for brands. It is the move for this. I, to me, it really blows me away that we're seeing such astronomical numbers and growth across brands and the properties. And again, there are pluses to it. The NBA has done an incredible job with owning this in a lot of facets. But what happens when it opens up a little bit more to a lot of these other sports verticals? And why does it have to be baseball or NFL next? Why not the World Surf League? I think if if I was looking at it from an NFT standpoint and I'm a property I would want to be one of the rising sports properties to get in on this, not the next big one. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And for those that are not familiar, NFT stands for non-fungible token. And what I recommend is that if you do not know what we're talking about here, that you go and Google what is an NFT. Because for me, NFTs are a similar maturation as to when I heard blockchain for the first time. And I had a friend of mine, a business friend, who casually mentioned it in conversation as if it was no different than any other word that he uses all the time. And I was like, wow, 
I don't really like the fact that he used something so commonly that I have no idea what blockchain is. And then all of a sudden you start to see it on the side of LinkedIn and then it flows into Twitter. And I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those people who takes my information from the world of media and let them inform me on what blockchain is. So I went ahead and read essentially the book by the number one blockchain expert to say, all right, what in the world is this so that I can now make informed opinions for myself? Why am I mentioning this? Because part of NFTs is it is built on blockchain technology. And one of the things that makes it so appealing is this absolute ledger. We have this authenticity, this one of one, one of a hundred, where there is no counterfeit. There is no, wow, I don't have the money. Sorry, I can't pay you. Everything is a one in, one out, absolute ledger side of things. And for me, I started to see NFTs a lot popping up in my Twitter feed, more specifically from my sports betting and collecting world that I'm a part of. And I became part of the NBA Top Shot community back in December, slightly earlier than most, not as early as the early, early adopters. And I was part of the rocket ship up when I watched a $14 pack in the subsequent bankroll that I built go from $14 to over $5,000 to the since drop in the market to where now that portfolio is worth around $1,500. Nonetheless, great ROI to turn something that's $14 into $1,500. So what are my thoughts on NFTs? There's a few of them. One, I am always auditing the opinions of the people that I respect. So one of them, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk said, NFTs in 10 years from now are going to be as synonymous from a language standpoint as social media is. I'm like, all right, cool. That's a good perspective. Number two, I don't understand everything or much about this, but I'm willing to learn and explore because if someone like Gary puts that out there, doesn't mean everything he says is gospel, but it's at least a little indicator to say, well, wait a second. We might not understand everything, but the more that we can be informed, the more we can be ahead of the curve, maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now when the market is a little bit matured, because I'm with you. Am I really ready to go all in on NFTs? No, because I'm still just trying to figure it out, but I'm in the curious stage. And right now what's important is, and I think about, uh, I had Jacob, um, from NBA Top Shot, their head of community on my podcast. You guys can check it out here. And what he said about NBA Top Shot is we're in the first inning of a nine-inning game. So this is so early on everything that, to me, that's the most important is you start working on your knowledge of it and then the utility of how people in brands are going to be using NFTs, that's going to continue to grow and that's going to inform us as marketers and brand builders on how we can use that with our clients or our own brands. Yeah. And I mean, isn't the best type of marketing, the ones that the, the type of marketing that still engages that curiosity factor. Um, I, I think when you look at something that is very factual and, and mundane, it becomes just that it becomes mundane and vanilla and it kind of loses that excitement factor. Um, you know, uh, you can use a Super Bowl halftime show example, right? We, we know who's going to perform. We're all coming into it with a very hyper critical lens, ready? Like we're, we're ready to go full blown judgment. 
when you have a marketing element where everyone is kind of in the know and ready to judge, it's tough. But the beautiful thing and the thing I do give credit about the NFT craze is that, like you said, Rob, there's so much still unknown. There's still so much that can evolve. There's still so much that people and the consumers have the feeling that they can control. They can take and kind of evolve and tell their own story and flip and feel their own narrative in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I think, again, there's that's the thing of it that's exciting to me is I want to see how you take something that we're still at this current time in a, in a pandemic, in a COVID world, um, albeit hopefully coming out of it sooner than later. But how, as we get closer to live experiences, are NFTs going to engage and play into the live experience factor and like the marketing behind that, you know, the live streaming component, you know, are you going to be able to, you know, buy NFT packs randomly um, in game, you know, when you're watching an NBA game live stream? I mean, there's, there's so many things and Easter eggs that, can make this exciting from a consumer activation standpoint. Education-wise, again, I've read articles. I've done exactly what you encouraged everybody here to do. I've gone down the rabbit hole. Black and white, I'm not there, I, but that's okay. Like, I, I'm not an expert. You're not an expert. Like, we have our passion points and things that we think and things that can excite us. I, you know, I know you're into sports collectibles, so am I. You know, I'm, I'm looking... I have a wall over here of different trading cards from uh, athletes that I manage, like one of one Corey LaJoy NASCAR cards, like stuff like that. I think it's cool, but it's also because I have a personal touch and affinity with those athletes, right? Like my meaning of, of a sports card is I'm going to go probably buy a Corey LaJoy 101 NASCAR card on eBay that's 10 bucks, not going to go spend $10,000 on a Luca, you know, $10,000 rookie card that's a PSA 10. Everyone has their own different meanings of it. And I think that's the beautiful thing of, of this NFT craze is you can still make it your own. Yeah, love it 100%. So speaking of make it your own, I had a conversation last week that was very eye-opening for me because it was with someone who is like us, dabbling, at least curious in the NFT space, but some of their contacts were related to the world of professional sports with athletes who had sold some NFTs for six slash seven figures. And all of a sudden I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Let me start following this trail to see where this is going. And what I said was, here's what I need help on. I want to create my first NFT just to create an NFT and understand the experience. So I was like, one, how do you even do it? Like, I couldn't comprehend since this is all new to me. I'm like, if you, Andrew, said, Rob, today you're going to create an NFT, how in the world do you do it? I was like, I'm at zero. Like, I, I have no idea. So he's like, hey, here are three platforms where people are buying and selling and minting NFTs. I was like, all right, we've got to start. Then I'm like, all right. If I was going to create an NFT for the sake of learning and understanding this, because what was a big game changer for me was when I got my first NBA top shot pack and then I was able to, I pulled a LeBron and then I sold the LeBron for $300 and it sold in less than two minutes. And I was like, holy crap, Batman, two minutes, boom, that $14 pack turned into 500. And then now I'm back in the marketplace. I'm buying stuff there. And that's when I understood NBA Top Shot because I got the pack. I saw the experience. I sold something. I got the experience. I bought something. I got the experience. I was like, all right, I get it. But I don't get NFTs yet because I've never actually created one. 
So I'm like, well, how in the world do you create an NFT when you don't even know what to do? We're seeing a lot of digital art. We're seeing cyberpunks, which if you really want to get your mind trippy, go and Google cyberpunks and what's going on with that, where these little pixelated 8-bit tech mobile looking emojis are selling for like $6 million. And you're like, what? This, like, it doesn't even make sense. It literally feels like an alternate universe. But one thing that I actually learned about with the cyberpunks, because I had to learn more about how people are spending $6 million on, a, on an Atari-looking emoji, was it is, that is more about the community of early adopters. I believe, and don't quote me this, there's only 10,000 cyberpunks that are ever going to be made or minted. So if you get one of these 10,000, essentially it is your badge that says, I am an early adopter at NFTs and all the cyberpunks. And what's ending up happening is that the value of these things are rising to right now. I'm like, all right, I'm in on this early adopter stuff. What is it going to take for my entry point? Right now you're looking at 25K to 35K just to get the lowest cyberpunk thing out there. And I'm like, whoa, this is blowing my mind. So I'm like, not going to go down that rabbit hole, but like, Hey honey, by the way, I'm going to drop $35,000 on this digital thing that you have no idea about. And I really don't know either, but I want to be an early adopter. So that's not there for me. But what I do understand, which I think is the simplest thing to help people grasp NFTs is everyone wants to, um, poke holes into why is this valuable? Well, can't I just take a picture? I can't just watch the YouTube video of the LeBron dunk. Isn't that the same? But the answer is, yeah, except you don't own the value in it. It's all around the value. So you're seeing a lot of digital art and value being created. So my mind starts working. I'm like, all right. So artists and musicians, they're doing, like I saw Kings of Leon had an NFT for one of their songs or albums. And you're seeing digital art and you're seeing sports collectibles. And in marketing speak, Andrew, one of the things we always talk about is delivering value, right? I want to deliver value for my audience. I want to deliver value for my clients. So I'm like, all right, how do I deliver value? And I'm like, I create a crap ton of podcasts and live streams. I'm like, what if I created the first podcast NFT? And it's like, well, what does that even mean? I don't know. I really don't. All I'm doing is saying NFT means something of value. Podcast is an audio file. That's no different than a video file or a JPEG. So Andrew, where am I going with this? I'm going to create a podcast NFT. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what the value is, but here's where my mind is at least going with this is anybody who has consumed any of my content probably has a good idea of the rocket ship of where I'm going with my life, the impact that I'm going to deliver for people and the type of growth and trajectory that I am on and the things that I'm going to do. It's going to be out of this world and I know it's going to happen. And most of the people who are listening or watching probably have confidence that that's going to happen too. So imagine this scenario. What if Gary Vaynerchuk went back and after the show says, I'm going to create an NFT of my first podcast episode ever. And I'm going to have only a hundred of these ever. Because remember, Jack Dorsey sold an NFT of his first tweet for $2 million. So if Jack can do that and Gary tomorrow could say, I'm going to go and do that. 
well, what stops someone from investing in a piece of content that Rob creates now, limited edition, so that one year, 10 years from now, when I am just doing amazing things in the world, you're like, I got a piece of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not to say that you can't do it. And it goes back to what we were just talking about is that you, there's still so much you can do. There is so much that can be done. There's so much imagination. There's so much creativity and there's so much scale. And I think from a marketing perspective and from a business perspective, that's the stuff that people like you and I froth over, right? It's not given, being given the creative brief that we're like, okay, we have to activate against this within these guardrails and this is how we do it. The stuff that gets, you know, what I say, the, the, the real creatives in the world so excited is almost the blank canvas or the one, the canvas with, you know, the canvas and the tools to create whatever it is that you want. And what we're seeing in this landscape now is that there are so many avenues still that it can bridge into and, you know, it can go into the audio space. It can, it's, it's already in, you know, the more visual space right now, but how it can pivot and evolve is what I'm watching. Um, to your point, I'm not going to drop 35 K on a cyberpunk, you know, uh, NFT, not, not my thing. Um, mostly just because I, I'm not educated enough. Um, but it's, it's like the stock market, right? Like, you know, if all of us would have bought into Penn national right before Barstool took it live and whether we liked Barstool or not, we probably would have made good money on it. Right. You know, bought it at the base and, you know, now it's up in the hundreds. So, I mean, it's, it's very much a stock market mentality. You know, you can win or lose, um, but how you define your wins and losses is a completely different animal to it. So I, I personally think that you're onto something. I, I think that you could absolutely pivot it that way. For me personally, I'm looking at live experience. I'm looking at how does this come to life from a, a more consumer facing and activation standpoint that if I'm going to my local card shop, are NFTs going to be a part of that experience now where it's almost like a, a Pokemon app meets sports card experience. If I go check in at 15 different targets to go pick up sports cards, is Target going to give me a limited edition um, Topps um, Luis Robert uh, rookie card just for trying, just for trying to get those retail boxes? Because chances are, I don't know about where you live in, in Chicago area, right? Yep. Yep. So like for where I am, you can't get any of that stuff right now. And you know, probably similar to you, but maybe for an effort, you're given an effort standpoint, right? There's so much that can be done. We could probably make this whole show just about that. <laughs> I like that. So let's talk about the live experience side of things real quick, because so I'm like, all right, what would this look like? And really what you're doing is you're capturing a moment. You're placing a value on the moment or the experience. So the, Number one, the pinnacle of my concert going life was seeing the Foo Fighters at Lollapalooza. I don't know, somewhere between the last five and 10 years. They were the last band on Sunday of Lollapalooza. This was, a, it was either three or four days and it's torrential downpour. It's like the, the champions of the champions were holding on. We're fighting for the last just inch of Lollapalooza. Boom, just torrential downpour. And what do the Foo Fighters do? They absolutely crush it as if 
They were meant for this moment. It's just Dave Grohl's belting out, there goes my hero, as it's like thunder and lightning and downpour, and we're just sitting in the mud. So now let's think about that from an NFT standpoint. Who's to say that the Fook Fighters couldn't say, we are going to create a limited edition, a one of 1,000 of that moment of there goes my hero at Lollapalooza. Maybe Lollapalooza's got a piece of this. Maybe Foo Fighters has a piece of this. Maybe a larger music community has a piece of this. And you would have the ability to relive that experience, but maybe capture the value from that experience. And if you can understand that you can mint a moment, whether it's video, audio, image, or whatever, there's a great opportunity for you to do something. Hey, here's the exclusive behind the scenes of after that happened. Do you want to one experience this to own a piece of it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think taking that one step beyond is, is going to be the personalization of, of exactly what you were saying is, you know, people are going to want to be able to buy moments of concert experiences. They're going to want to buy the NBA championship game seven game winning shot, you know, by whoever, all of that is good. But again, we talk about the scale a little bit when NFTs start getting to be personal, that, that could be, I don't know how you feel about this, but that could be a little scary, right? Like what if, what if I can go back to my wedding day? And I can, you know, make a, an NFT for that moment, that first kiss I had, you know, like, you know, is that something that's a cool commemorative keepsake? But then at what point does it become just almost like, all right, we're trying to put a value and a price on everything, you know, and, and, you know, on emotion, because that's ultimately what we're starting to play into, right, is, is the emotional currency of consumers and, and really helping them um, understand and make them feel a part of certain things, whether they were there or not. And I think whether it's music or sports or, or, you know, anything like that, that's one avenue. But I think when you start getting into the like really heavy emotional space of it, I, I've heard people talk about it. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, like the I'm going to, you know, mint uh, NFT from, you know, my firstborn child, you know, and like, you know, do something and, and I'm going to be able to sell that. I'm going to sell against that to my family members and everyone's going to have a piece of like this moment with our child. I'm like, dude, that's creepy. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if, if I can get behind stuff like that, but I mean, to what you're talking about, absolutely. Like, I think we all have those moments, you know, concerts or sporting events or parties, even, you know, just trips, right. You know, like how can we be able to, to commemorate that? But the, the thing that I, I almost caution on too, is at what point is limited edition and commemorating these moments becoming too broad to the point where you're looking and you're like, man, I have 500 NFTs of different moments of my life and I don't even care. But, you know, it's like, eh. like at what point do you have so much that's coming in that it just all that value, albeit in little moments, you're just like, eh. you know, it's kind of like me. I have boxes of sports cards. And after a while, I'm like, man, I got some really cool stuff in the moment. But then, you know, it, it's kind of like, all right, I need to get rid of some of these base cards. I need to get rid of some of this stuff. Like, you know, there, there is going to be that nostalgia play that wears off. Um, I think it's very, very much too soon to tell. But, you know, I, I think that there are certain things and just certain cautions and red flags of it that I look at it from the long game, which is, again, why I'm not I'm not going all in. But I do love to the point of what you're talking about, that there 
to that scalability factor, how can we commemorate, like kind of look back and like hold these things as keepsakes that makes it more than just the money, makes it more than just that. It is the moment that we're trying to hold on to. So I think I love what you're saying there. And, and I think we need to separate value from technology. So the first kiss for wedding, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's a great example right there. I could see that being given as a gift for everyone at the wedding, but not because it's going to make a thousand dollars, but because of the technology that allows it to say, this is a, a one of 200. There's only 200 people that have this, um, the technology of having a wallet. So your ability to have the keepsake and not have the, the moments of our life lost in the ether of iCloud, but instead you're like, Hey, here's my blockchain wallet with the various NFTs that have been minted. So maybe there becomes, essentially valuable versus sentimental where the goal is not to, at least the way that you and I are talking about this, the goal is not to sell my first kiss with my wife, but instead the goal is to use the underlying technology to allow me to create something of value for other people that didn't exist otherwise. And Oh, by the way, because we know that we're all going to have these digital wallets moving forward. Now it's a part of that, um, in that ether. And then for everything else, you're starting to think about, all right, where is there something of value? And I think that one area where people are going to want to dig a little bit deeper into is the utility of some of these NFTs, because it's not as simple as just here's a GIF or a JPEG or a video. And, and this is what it is. Some of these NFTs are going to be able to do things like uh, ticketing is one industry, speaking of the sports world, that is 100% going to be issuing NFTs. You're going to watch throughout the years the way the evolution of digital ticketing happens because uh, a friend of mine, shout out to G Hunt, went to the Super Bowl a few years ago. Carolina Panthers fan. He goes out there, day of the game goes. He's trying to find a ticket. It's the freaking Super Bowl. Buys one from a scalper for, I don't know, I'll make it up two grand, all of a sudden he gets to the gate, sold him a counterfeit ticket. Well, what does NFTs and blockchain technology do? Well, it creates an absolute ledger. There's only one of 30,000 tickets into this. Therefore, in order to get into it, based on this token, you have a token that gets you into the game and gets you this seat. So now all of a sudden, the technology actually allows there to be value because of what it brings to the table, not from a necessarily resale basis, even though the built-in marketplace is the bonus add of this. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I just keep going back to it. There's so much still to be determined. And that is what is so absolutely incredible about this entire industry. Um, and that, and that's why I genuinely am keeping an eye on, I'm not keeping both eyes, but I am keeping an eye on it to see, look, what are people doing in the static of the day to day? It seems just very, very much in the hustler mentality and the crowd of, you know, we call it the Gary V's that are looking to do the side hustles and to flip a quick buck and to go to garage sales and, I think a lot of people look at this industry, I would say at least half are looking at it through a lens of quick cash. And, and I think that's, and, and that's not bad. It, it, it's fine. It's just that it's not me, right? Like I, I think both you and I look at it through a much more layered lens of business and consumer. And 
And that's, and that's great because if that opportunity does present itself to scale the way that we're talking about this right now, then Rob, I hope in two years, you and I are revisiting this conversation and pulling clips from it to be like, Hey Stallings, remember when you completely had no interest in NFTs at all? And now look, it's, you know, I have this NFT, I'm a billionaire. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I suck. <laughs> so we will wrap this up with sort of an action item or a takeaway. And Andrew, I do believe you and I are going to be doing a podcast together again, where we talk about what we're doing with this, because I do believe this is the future of digital in some capacity, even if I don't understand it. And even if like you, I've got one eye on it. And my takeaway and action item is if you're curious about anything that we said, what I want you to do is to go and just do a simple Google search. What is an NFT or go in search of the most recent news and start informing yourself of it and start getting your gears turning on the uses. Of course, there's the flipper mentality of being an early adopter. It's one of the reasons why people are interested in the market is, hey, how can I make some quick cash? But we are both playing the long game, Andrew. So we're always looking to say what's on the horizon because for years I preached podcasting and live streaming. And when I would talk to companies, they thought I was speaking hieroglyphics when I was like, you need to create a podcast. Lo and behold, fast forward to right now, Rob ain't so crazy. So once again, here's Rob and Andrew. We're saying here's the thing on the horizon. We're not crazy. We don't understand it all, but we see the opportunity that is there. And to be a forward-thinking marketer and entrepreneur and someone who's successful at life, you at least want to be auditing. Hey, what's out there? What is my opinion? So you can create an informed opinion and not let the rest of the world tell you what it is. So Andrew, what about you? Do you have an action item or a takeaway from this episode? Yeah, I think much like anything in marketing and business, a lot of people take one specific category, you know, like we were talking about today with NFTs, we were talking about trading cards a little bit, uh, live experiences, experiential, whatever it may be. So many people focus on just the big fish, right? But what a lot of people don't realize is that if you catch a big fish, you can still cut it down into small pieces that are digestible for a longer term meal and growth strategy. And that's the way that I think, you know, looking at NFTs or anything to do with marketing and business is you have to find what's yours. You have to find what's your niche, what's interesting and fascinating to you and be able to take something and focus on an area that no one else is doing it with right now. You know, we talked about today more of the emotional components of NFTs. I don't know a whole lot of people dabbling in that space. I mean, I'm sure there are, but I haven't gone down that rabbit hole to find them. And they're not the, they're not at the top of our Twitter pages right now. But find something that you can uniquely own and call yours. Those are the opportunities that are going to present itself to put you in a whole new universe of business, marketing, understanding, and entrepreneurial you know, leadership. It's just finding what is yours with specifics to any category of business in this world. You do not have to do what everyone else is doing, and that's okay. Everyone can be going after the LeBron James and Luca rookie cards and the Zion's rookie cards. That doesn't mean you need to buy them. What's next is very, very important. And it's not even what's next in a month, but what's next in six months, six years, like focus on that. Um, you know, I, I am dabbling in what I do. I don't work with NBA, NFL, MLB, or NHL players. 
I focus on rising sports properties. Every single thing I do is what I truly believe has growth potential and high trajectory growth potential from the athletes and properties and brands of what I do. And the same can be said, find what's uniquely yours, go after it, fail multiple times and fail to the point where you just are out of options and resources to say, I'm done with it. And I think that's specifically what you can take away from this discussion today is there's something big here, but how can you get a bigger piece while everyone's eating the front of the fish and you can go to the back and find something very interesting back there. The analogy that I always love to use specifically as it relates to the world of sports betting, which is a nice chunk of what I do at Bacon Sports, is everyone is digging for user acquisition gold. The operators, the fan duels, the DraftKings of the world, and then the publishers below who are trying to get the new users for the DraftKings and the fan duel of the world. And where my mind is is how do you sell shovels to the people digging for gold? Because when everybody else is going for one thing, misplaced focus, boom, I'm over here doing this other. And I love what you're saying about that because for me, that is actually the ethos of who I am as a person, as a creator and as an entrepreneur is I don't want to be like everyone else. And I'm not different for the sake of being different, but uh, nothing great ever came from average. And the majority of the thinking out there is average thinking. They do what everybody else does. So by listening and watching to this podcast, you by design are not average because we are talking about things that very few people talk about. And even if you see it on your Twitter feed a lot, I'm telling you, I had a conversation with some dude who is a baller. And I was like, hey, do you have anything with NFTs going on in your world? He's like, what does that stand for? I don't know. It is so early that the people that you think are at the top of the food chain, this might not even be on their radar at all. So as a last sort of action item on my end, when you're having conversations with people, just lightly throw out there, hey, what are your thoughts on NFTs? Is that on your radar at all? Is that in your world? Because Andrew, you actually led, you created this podcast episode. When I showed up today, this is not what we were going to talk about. But what we were going to talk about is forward thinking marketing strategies. And you're like, Rob, what's your thoughts on NFTs? Boom. That is the exact question you should be asking other people because one, you'll either learn from them or two, they're going to look to you and be like, hey, Andrew, what what do you know about NFTs? And you're like, not much, but I'm willing to have a conversation. And maybe that's your opportunity to get into the market, to become known as the person for NFTs, just by asking other people what they think about NFTs and slowly just learning and slithering your way through the industry and learning and learning and learning until you get to the point you're like, boom, here's my opportunity. So many people want to think that being a listener is the undervalued skill of today the person that can ask the best questions in the room is the person that is the most valuable because it's a hybrid skill of learning, but forward thinking. So always being able to position those questions is, is super, super vital. Amen to that. I completely agree. Andrew really enjoyed our conversation. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on all my personal accounts, uh, a stallings 88, uh, and then my agency, a fellow group, A-T-H-E-L-O group across all social channels as well. Appreciate it, Rob. And I want to hear from you. Are NFTs in your world at all from CryptoPunks to NBA Top Shot to digital art? 
If so, I want to hear about it. We love jamming with other like-minded people. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy, really getting down on LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you're someone who wants to build a brand and you're forward thinking, I would love to open uh, an invitation for you to have a conversation with me. How can I help you and support you in your vision of what you want to accomplish? Hit me up, rob at robcressy.com or go to robcressy.com. I've got a ton of resources that I'm creating to help you on your journey. Would love to hear from you and see how we might be able to work together.